Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing. Oh! Sorry about that. Didn't mean to blow anybody's eardrums out. Let me turn this up. I'm going to put this in the middle. Okay. Hopefully you hear me. Might have to. Might have to edit that out. Ah. Don't want to blow anyone's eardrums out. Let me get my live feed or my Zoom feed going. Yeah. Recording in progress. Recording in progress. Yeah, you all want to hear that. Um, happy November. Uh, yeah, so here I am. It's, uh, yeah, I missed October. I missed, uh, well, it does feel like I missed October in some ways. Uh, I, uh, you know, Halloween, I missed the Halloween episode. And for that, I apologize. Um, Ambo's had a lot going on. Um, a whole lot going on these days. And let's see here. I'm rolling live. But yeah, I've had a little thing called jury duty, kids. I was a juror. And that's all I can say about that. <laughs> uh, they get you. Life gets you. And what can I say? Um, but I gave you guys, I gave you, I think I gave you four episodes in October. That's something to chew on. You, you know, this is this is going up on my, uh, on my YouTube, on Mustang 7. You're going to get some new content here. Hope to make this entertaining as much as I can. Um, let's talk audio. Specifically, let's talk HP problems on laptops using mics like this. Um, HP sucks. <laughs> they can't get their, sh their shit together. Um, they just can't get it together. Um, uh, if I'm on YouTube, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I got to cut that out, whatever. But that's the thing. I'm doing this on YouTube as well as live. So anyway, I've been sick. Um, yeah, I just tried recording this session with my with my uh, Yeti, my blue Yeti, and it's not letting me, it's not even letting me switch microphones on my laptop on the menu and the, on the on the bottom taskbar. So I'm sorry. When things get that complicated and they just don't want to cooperate after you plug something in, it's like, look, this is slowing the process down. And it's messing up my whole momentum of, recording and and that's why i record on my iphone you know a lot of the time because it's just simple it gets right to the point you know the audio sounds good enough and we just get right to it when i try to get all fancy with the microphone uh more times than not it just slows the process and make things makes things a big pain in the butt uh even going on this website um I got to type in all these things before I can even start the uh, the live cast. So I don't know. It's it's pretty annoying, but we need we need to move on. We need to. You just have to record, okay? And I have not recorded the last few days um, because I've been sick. I've been sick, and it just takes you out of the game. Jury duty and being sick. Uh, celebrating a family birthday that was too, it's too much it's it's just too much so to pull back i'd rather give you some material 
that's interesting to listen to as opposed to having to force one out. That felt like I was just doing a task. You know, I don't, I don't want to want to do that. So, hopefully, I sound good enough here. I think I do. I'm looking at this <laughs> microphone's just all over the place. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so I am drinking my. What's the name of this stuff? This is pretty good stuff here. This uh, Equate Equate Immune Support in the tablet form. You plop it in a glass, and it gives you that immune immunity, the diplomatic immunity that you that you need. So happy Halloween! <laughs> I wanted to do something kind of special. There's always pressure to do some kind of special Halloween episode. Same the Christmas one didn't happen this year. Although I did watch The Hand, which I think I did a commentary. I, I'm gonna go back and check. I might have done a commentary track with Sir Michael Caine. Um, But, uh, yeah. Actually, um, I still might do a little, like, uh, I, I want to call it uh, Halloween in November. Because I do have marathons. I've done that before. I've watched scary movies in November. Because I just haven't, I didn't get a chance to catch on to watching scary movies in October. You know, too many dumb little things come up. And before you know it, it's Halloween. So, um, I make up for that usually the month after. So, uh, yeah, I want to thank you guys for watching, for putting up with my little uh, frustration here. Um, I'm going to try to stop saying um as much as I can. So I'm watching myself. There might be some pauses in this one. And some drinking pauses. I'm going to go over some things. And one of them has to do with my grading system, my moving grade, movie grading system. Since I always do a 1 to 10 scale, I broke it down into 1 to 10, um, what that's all about, how, how I dissect a movie and, and all that. And I, I found it kind of, kind of fascinating to write the process out. And, uh, yeah, I'm also going to be talking. It's going to be the, the first, um, first uh, part of my bond marathon since I've bought all the Sean Connery bonds and uh, they've re-released um, the James Bond series as uh, the collections and so they'll have like a three disc system uh, three disc uh, three movies in one one case and then another three movies in another case and that'll cover the whole run of Connery or that'll cover the whole run of, of of uh, of uh, Roger Moore and so on and so forth. The only one they don't have is is uh, what's his name? Um, see, I'm saying him a lot. The only one they don't have is the George Lazenby, which is just one movie, and the Timothy Dalton where he did two movies. So I'm going to have to go hunt those down on my own. These are all part of the James Bond Ultimate Collection, which they released, I believe, in the late 90s, early 2000s, which was always awesome. They had a whole bunch of bonus material on them. But I never bought it because it's a lot. It's a big collection of DVDs. You got to haul it all over the place. Again, I have a lot of DVDs. It's a lot to... I'm trying to cut back on and be picky about the DVDs I buy now just because I just don't have... They're like comic books. They just start to take up too much room. So, I'm real picky about that. I, I've thrown out DVD boxes that aren't very special. They're just generic DVD boxes or nothing. If, if they're like a collector's edition of, of the DVD, I'll hold on to it and keep the DVD in there. 
So, yeah, I'm buying these collections. They shouldn't take up too much room in the portable. So I get you got three or four movies on in in one case, small slender case. It's pretty awesome. It's the way to do it. First movie I'm gonna I'm gonna go over is first movie in the Bond series, uh, Doctor No. Doctor No, and and I I could do commentaries of these movies, but the fact is, they have the main guys. Either they they have the writer of of the Bond movies. Uh, director of the Bond movies, or they'll have the actor. I don't think they got Connery to do any of his, which would have been awesome. But they got Roger Moore to do the commentary tracks of his movies. So I'm not going to top Roger Moore. I'm not going to top the writers. I'm not going to top the directors. Uh, so I figured, you know what? I'm going to do this as a series, maybe later down the road. Maybe if, there, if there's a demand, if you guys want me to, to do my own, to do the commentary tracks of each bond, I will. But until I hear from you guys and, and the demand is there, I'm just going to cover these in, in my episodes as, as part of the, the marathon. So, Dr. No, it opens up. You don't have the flashy... Um, you you do have some silhouetted dancing, but it, it they haven't ironed out the beginning montages of the, the whole... They're really developing... Uh, the formula still, and there's they they have a bunch of dots, colored dots, which No Time to Die was trying to emulate all the different dots and everything on the screen. And uh, again, it's just one of the movies that it's like it's set in Jamaica, so it's got like a, a reggae kind of backbeat and everything. And uh, but one of the things I notice is how they introduce Bond. They talk about Bond. And everything they lead up to it, and how they introduce him, he's in like this little gambling hut or kind of semi casino there, and a girl starts, this woman starts talking to him across the table, and it's I don't even think it's an over the shoulder shot. I don't even remember him seeing it, but it maybe it would be treated like that. And uh, she says, "Mister," uh, she for, I forgot forgot what she says. Yada 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 yada. Uh, what do you think, Mr. Bond? Oh, she goes, Mr. And then he says, cut the Connery smoking and uh, with some complaints and cards. And he goes, Bond, James Bond. And uh, it's just a neat intro because you don't see him for the first five minutes of the movie. They kind of lead up to him. I'm going to briefly go over some of the things. Uh, of course, there's a lot of um, exposition in this movie. Um there's some some action scenes, uh, nothing too crazy. You know, flips a guy over his shoulder, and um, there's he meets the guy, a Jamaican guy, and he tells him, "Oh, there's something going on of this island. There's a dragon." Of course, this dragon is uh, spoilers, by the way. If you haven't seen his spoilers, uh, is a mechanized kind of uh, sub ship dragon. And uh, that's kind of kind of a neat, even if it's a little hokey. It, it's kind of neat. It's kind of like a Hound of the Baskervilles kind of scenario, but uh, yeah, where something people think it's a certain supernatural thing, but it's really a, somebody messed around with it, made it up. But Ursula Ursula Andrews Ursula Andrews, I think I said that, said that right, she is in this. Looks great. Um, of course, she's gorgeous, and uh, he meets up with her at, at, at the island, and yeah, there's just kind of, uh, there's talking, and then there's something happens, there's a fight, and then there's something happens. One of the things I noticed is the, the beer in this, they use uh, red striped beer in the background, which is funny, you don't see a lot of advertising for alcohol, really, that much in movies anymore. Not necessarily. But Red Stripe. So, it's funny. And this recently, I watched a video with somebody, like a clip of some girl drinking Red Stripe. I'm like, that's it. Maybe that's the official alcohol of James Bond, is Red Stripe. But anyway, he takes on uh, this guy who is uh, known to 
I don't know, uh, rough people up or, or kill people or something like that. And he's he's Asian or he's half Asian, and uh, he has a an arm or a, 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 a uh, not an arm, a hand at least that is like a mechanic robotic hand that can crush he can crush things with it and um he also has a layer that he you know uh that bond and every and hit in ursula they they go to that and he shows uh, he shows them you know his gigantic aquarium with gigantic fish and connery or i'm sorry bond talks about he's like ah, i wonder how much something like this would cost and uh Dr. Noah chimes in. He says, one million dollars, Mr. Vaughn. <laughs> like, there we go. There's a lot of uh, Austin Powers. Uh, you can tell this is where he got a lot of the, a lot of the things for the setup. The, uh, the Azmat suits look like cartoons, and they have the, you know, the plastic things going around their head uh, that you can see through. And, uh, yeah, there's a few um, fights. There's a uh, they play the Bond theme like crazy. Like, even when you don't really need to. It's like the fast pace. Like, that's playing in the background. and But nothing really action-oriented is happening. They're just kind of playing it. So they didn't really perfect when to play that and when not to. They're just kind of throwing it out because they like that that theme song so much. But, no, I mean, you could tell straight away. Connery is he's in command of the of the character. He's confident. He knows what he has to do. And you meet M for the first time, and he does he you know he, this is him before he chews out uh, Bond becomes that kind of guy. So he's kind of setting up that you know the quest for him or the mission I should say. And this was neat. I noted this that uh, Bond used a Beretta at least in this movie series. And he said, I'd never mess with my Beretta. But uh, he said, well, we're going to have to give you something more, to paraphrase, subtle and spy-like. So they give him the Walter PPK and uh, with a silencer. And I thought that was kind of neat. That, that was the beginning of the Walter PPK uh, whole, you know, he'll have that the rest of the series. So that's cool. So there's some neat beginning stuff here. And he, Felix... We meet Felix for the first time, who's the guy from Hawaii Five O. He's got some silly shades, sixty shades that look like the shades that a lot of girls wear now, like the big insect kind of shades. Felix will be played by different actors. Um, it almost gets comical down the road how many different Felixes there are throughout the whole series. But yeah. I'm kind of jumping all over the place because the plot is just kind of it's it's linear, you know it it gets the job done. It's you know it, it kind of goes from point A to point B to point C, and nothing really jumps out except some, for some of the fight scenes, um, some of the cinematography, like when we they introduce Bond. That's cool. Um, of course, there's a car chase and. Uh, that's done with some some blue screen or, or a film projector in the background at probably probably before blue screen so yeah it's done you know it looks it cuts back and forth from, from the practical chase to the uh, projected background chase and uh, you know <laughs> it's a car chase and it does the job and the cliff, car goes over the cliff um, that's the one that's after him and it's a it's a good it's a good stunt you know. And, um, yeah, so that's not much for all I can say. He ends up, um, beating up Dr. No. Dr. No goes into the, the water. And it, it, the fight scene's not really that long. Of course, Dr. No tries to hold on to a metal part, a metal, uh, column. But he can't hold on because his hand just slipping metal. He can't get a good grip metal on metal. So that was a memorable part. But it, it's neat because it's 
it's definitely the genesis of the rest of the of the films. He has a hat in it. He wears a hat in the opening walk, uh, walking where you, you see a side profile, and then he turns and shoots, you know, the audience or whatever, the camera. Um, I know. I think in the next one, they they keep that for a while. Like the next one, he's gonna have the hat on too. I I don't know which which one he officially has the hat off, but I'm gonna say. Maybe Goldfinger or maybe Thunderball. One of those two, he takes the hat off in the beginning there. Uh, oh, we definitely have a the, the the first scene with Money Penny where he goes into the office and he throws the hat on top of the uh, on top of the hat hanger there. So that was the first time he did that. That was pretty cool. Um, and there's the um. Yeah, so there's a lot of first time neat stuff going on in this. And there's a, there is a tarantula that it's, gets uh, put into his bed and he see it's crawling across his whole body and he's like, there's a close up of him kind of sweating and, and shaking and <laughs> he finally gets it off him and he throws it, <laughs> the spider off the bed. And he takes his shoe and he just beats the hell out of this spider. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> just because it's like, yeah, it, the thing was so slow. You were, It's like, man, you could just get a shoe box and like throw it outside. But <laughs> but why would you want, you know, I, it makes sense. You want it, to, it's a dangerous spider. You got to kill it. You just throw it out. And, you know, it might come back and get you again. So it, I don't know. It just kind of stands out too. But I don't know. It's a, it is, it's a good, it's a good movie, but it, it it's a little, a little slow. There's a lot of exposition. Uh, they could have milked Dr. No a little bit more. He's only in it the last 20 minutes. Um, but does lay, his lair is cool. It's well done. And there's some good pivotal scenes with Bond. It's like, it's a good setup for the, how the rest of the series is. It, it, how it starts to lay out some things. Not it doesn't lay out everything, but some trademark trademark things. Some of the more trademark things come later, like in uh, uh, in the next one uh, from Russia with Love and Goldfinger, which is probably one of my favorite Bonds. Um, so that's Doctor No. Uh, Doctor No, uh, as far as Bond goes, and I, I, I I'm going to use this loosely. I give an eight out of ten. It's it's good. It's um, not perfect, but it, it's good to kind of set the tone. This is a neat character. He's in control, um, and he, he goes on a special mission. He's got a somebody he reports to, and uh, it's a pinnacle. It's it's a, a trade. The villain has trademark things like some kind of weird uh, body thing or some kind of eccentricity about him and um, a beautiful woman and you know a few a few different beautiful women are in this movie so yeah so there you go Dr. No 8 out of 10 that's the first one and uh, that'll transition into my grading system let me tell you let me talk to you about the grading system and Let's see here. Any listeners out there, tell me how I sound. If I sound too loud, let me know. And I'll try to make some adjustments. <sighs> Drinking that. Equate. Equate immune support. Nothing like it. Now if I just had a little bit of alcohol with it. Destroy. It'll destroy the whole purpose of it. Okay, so I'm going to go to my grading system, and I wrote this down. I thought this was funny. So I'll start. I'll make it interesting. I'll start at 10 first. Um, I'll start at 10 first, and when I grade a movie... This a 10 is an extreme rarity. Most movies don't fall in the 10 range. 
Some do. Some, I feel, are pretty much flawless. Ten. I will watch this movie multiple times during my life for inspiration. A real rarity. Movies like this are not just Academy Award winners. They can very much be a genre film. Uh, some of the films of, I, I, I consider tens are movies like Rocky, uh, Goodfellas, uh, Raging Bull. You know, those are Academy Award, Award winners. Let me tell you, ones that aren't. Conan the Barbarian. Lethal Weapon. I want to say Lethal Weapon 2. Die Hard. These are movies that I can't find anything else I can nitpick about. And I watched them multiple times over my, my lifetime for inspiration. To me, uh, I, I, considered, uh, I consider The Last Boy Scout a 10 movie even though that would de definitely be argued against with some people. But to me, the dialogue so is so awesome in that and so funny. and I mean, everything is just on the ball with that movie. But yeah, you, you could find a few things that where they could do, do it better, but that's probably a more biased 10. Uh, so those movies are rare when they happen, but they do happen. Good, Bad, and the Ugly, Ted movie. Very little I can nitpick with it, with that one. Probably same with Fistful Dollars for a few dollars more. They succeed perfectly in their genre. Um, nine. These were what a lot of movies fall under. Um, but still... Uh, they're they're kind of a rarity too, especially these days. Uh, nine. I'll watch this movie multiple times. It's hard for a movie to get to this level. Great actors doing their thing uh, for a good or serviceable plot. Serviceable, serviceable plot. So the plot could be flawed or slightly confusing, convolt, uh, convoluted. But the actors showed up. They showed up to play, and there's some stellar performances in this. Or it could be the other way. Amazing plot, story. Um, the characters were kind of more secondary, but it's got a very strong story to it. Um, movies that would fall into a nine for me. Uh, hmm. There's so many. There's, there's some, you know... Some of the classics I considered either a 10 or a biased 10. But nines. Hmm. What can I say nines? Yeah, see, see, I'm, I'm kind of defaulting into tens because I'm thinking Raiders of the Lost Ark is a 10. I'm thinking Citizen Kane is a 10. Um, Nines. Gosh, I wish I had my movies in front of me. So, yeah, see, I'm even thinking of Goldfinger. Goldfinger is a, for its genre, I think it's a 10. But there's a lot of Bond movies that are nines. Um,. Even more that that of them are eights. Uh, I'm trying to think of another Bond movie that's a nine. Uh, so probably I would go with Thunderball. Thunderball's a nine. You know, out of ten for me. Some people would say, "Well, that's a that's a ten and, and you know." In its genre, but 
I like Thunderball, but it's not like the best one to me. You know, I don't think it's as good as Goldfinger. Um, trying to think what else. N movies that aren't Bond movies. Um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That, that's almost a biased 10 because I've seen it so many times. But that that's a 9. I'd say that's a good example of a 9 where it, to me that's a good that's a pretty good movie for its genre. Uh in you know for an as, as it ticks all the boxes for Indiana Jones, but it's not as good as Raiders. You know, it's not quite that status. Um Indiana Jones the Last Crusade is 9. That's on even almost a ten. That, that's pretty damn good too. So I, I that that's kind of questionable. That's on the border there. Um, yeah, because it's like it's really good, but it just it's not as not as good as Raiders, but it's really good. Um, trying to think other movies. See now when I'm forced to think about movies on the spot. Uh. A lot of there, there is a lot of bias with me. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm thinking Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I'm looking at my Michael Caine book here. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, acting in film, of course. If you have not read Michael Caine's Sir Michael Caine's book, acting in film, you better get right on that. It's fantastic. Even if you're not an actor or an aspiring actor in any way, it's a fascinating read. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I give that a nine. It's almost a ten movie because it's it's a famous it's a famous movie. Great performances, um, but that could be a, probably a biased ten for a lot of people. So yeah, I'm kind of touching the fact on tens here, but you get the you get the point. It's pretty much how I described it. Um, eight. Let's move on to eight. Whole heck of a lot of movies are eights. Whole heck of a lot of them are on Netflix. They're good movies. A um, couple things they could do better, but they're good movies. You know, you don't feel like your time is wasted. You you might watch some of these. You might watch more than once. Some of these you watch it once and you got it. Uh, I think like a lot of like courtroom drama movies that are eights and Academy Award winners that are eights that I only watch once and that's it. They don't, they're not necessarily rewatchable, but there are some rewatchable eight movies. A good movie, good story, uh, good story, good actor or actors. Some minor things could make it even better. Might, might only have one, one boring scene or a so-so performance. A lot of movies fall under this, this one these days. Um, Ah. The one I just recently watched on TV again is Now, now You See Me. Uh, the one with the magicians. Uh, that might almost be a seven movie because there's so so much CG. It's an entertaining movie. It's the one with uh, Woody Harrelson, Isla, Fitch, Isla Fisher, um, Michael Caine's in it. Morgan Freeman's in it. Where there are a bunch of mag uh, magicians that are trying to uh, go after somebody or somebody screws uh, them over. Or they're, they're trying to get somebody out of trouble or something like that. See, the plot's not really that strong. <laughs> but it's a fun movie. You just go, if you want to some escapism, it could be even a, a seven. It's probably not the best example of an eight. Uh, what other eight movies are there? I mean, you can go and watch some movies like uh, probably that this new one with The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. I could see that being an eight movie where it's good, it's serviceable, it's entertaining. But there's some things they, they could do better. I wish I had my movie library in front of me, but I'm just so... 
I, I'd say... Hmm. As far as action movies, I'd say, okay, say, take like, as far as genre movies, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, maybe Cyborg would be an eight. Where it's like, they could have done some things more interesting or better with this. Um, but it's still entertaining. There's still some good scenes. Um, you know, I know, and I'm pulling these B movies out of the woodwork. This isn't the best example. <laughs> anyway, I can't think of much else right now, so I'm falling back on the ones I like. But uh, you get the picture. Uh, a seven. This is a flawed film, and I got a perfect, I got a perfect one for this. This is a flawed film, but it, but salvage, salvageable, on some level. I really lean into that. Some movies, you have to lean into it. Uh, a flawed film, but salvageable on some level. Has some fun scenes, or an actor really delivers in an okay movie. There's a lot of these these days. Again, Netflix. Uh, I'm looking at you. Um, Prime, I'm looking at you a little bit there. Uh, case in point. And this might, some people might even say this could be a six. The movie Van Helsing, uh, to me, is a seven. For others, it's a six or lower. It's, Van Helsing was flawed because the overly, over-reliance on CG. Uh, Van Helsing didn't have a Dutch accent or any kind of accent necessarily. It was a very modern accent took me out of it a little bit. There's too many gadgets that were that went beyond believability for the time. And uh, yeah, so those are the things that kind of worked against it. Um, yeah, and it, there, there might have been some story problems with it too, but to me the biggest drawback was the getting away from practical practical stunts, practical Makeup, practical, everything. For the, I mean, almost everything was CG. It just seems so incredibly blue screened at the time. Um, it's ridiculous. But some of the ideas are neat. And it's cool to have, you know, Frankenstein and the Wolfman and Dracula all in the same movie. That's cool. And Hugh Jackman, you know, gave it, gave it his all. And they're trying to make that kind of like a a neat new action adventure thing. So I commend them for that, but yeah, that's, that's where we'll leave that. I mean, I can go to, maybe I'll do a commentary of Van Helsing one of these days. Six, moving along. Six. This is a bad film. Might have one good performance or scene. The rest could be thrown out into the garbage. <laughs> uh, someone might like it. Just not me. Just not me. Uh, uh, quite a few of those. A lot of those, to me, are, are your dramas. There's a lot of dramas that are like that, that are boring. They might have one good standout scene or quirky character. Uh... A lot of kind of cheap sci-fi movies. A lot of action movies. There you go. Five. This is a terrible film. <laughs> Still, there might be one thing that makes me glance at it. A hot actress. A neat or certain look to it all surfacey stuff uh, an otherwise good director uh, maybe John McTurnan I think John McTurnan did a, he did, I think he did a, a remake of Roller Rollerball and again the look of it was kind of neat but everything else just wasn't there it just performances the story it was just didn't work for some reason. Four. It has begun. Terrible. Terrible movie. 
with barely anything of note. Things don't make sense or add up. <laughs> uh, the aesthetic is not pleasing to the eye. <laughs> the actors are bland. No memorable lines. F, F this movie. <laughs> Somebody still might like this schlock for bizarre superficial reasons. <laughs> Uh, one man's garbage, you know, schlock. All right. We know a lot of, a lot of movies, a lot of, a lot of B movie schlock, but there's a lot of good B movie stuff. Again, you can have a, a 10 out of 10 schlock movie for its, its thing, for its genre. Um, it's because the masses don't, don't like, you know, B movies schlock. But as far as B-movie schlock, you could have a 10 out of 10 on your hands. Uh, three. It's come down to this, hasn't it? Uh, this is pure S-E-H-I-T. <laughs> it won't help anybody. But it won't hurt anybody. It'll show people what not to do. <laughs> that is its purpose. <laughs> That's when a movie's a three. Okay. <laughs> you can still learn from a three movie <laughs> through its terribleness. And that's how you know that that is the, what's bad and how to make good over that. Okay. Two. An aberration. I'm so put off by this movie. I can't even look at the cover. Even the cover is awful. Completely passionless. By the numbers, they're just trying to get through it and, and get a paycheck. Shouldn't even be shown on TV. Okay, so a lot of those. We're going we're getting a little rare. It's it's getting a little rarer to get to a two. An aberration. Shouldn't be on TV. Pa completely passionless. Bad cover. But they're out there. Again, we're getting a little bit more rare. A lot of stuff you see these days is, is watchable for a certain amount of time. And then you either have to change the channel, uh, go to another movie or, or show. Number one. Or one out of ten. This is it. Holds an almost myth, myth, mystical status as being a black hole of films. <laughs> it takes away from the world and gives nothing. <laughs> People are worse for having watched it. Not sure how many I've seen, but pretty sure most uh, filmophiles have seen at least one of them. In their lifetime. Extremely rare. Extremely rare a one. Takes away from the world. Gives nothing. So there you go. That's my whole system. From uh, 1 to 10. 10 to 1. Um, there's a lot of 8's out there. Being produced. There's some 7's. There's some 6. Some 6 movies. 6 and 7 movies. Can be argued whether it's like a little bit more garbage than, than one than the other rating. Fives, once you get to five, it's bad. Okay, it's only a matter of degrees. How how bad is it? Again, it can be bad but have some things that you like about it. Like, oh I like that actress. I like that actor. That was a good line. But the rest of it's complete utter garbage. Um you know or you just have it on in the background. Maybe there's a song in there you like. Uh, just have it on. The, you don't mind having it on in the background. It's not the worst thing to have in the background. Again, it's not taking away from anything. It's not really giving you anything either, but it's not taking away at least. Four. It's like, yeah, when you get the four, it's like, yeah, now you're, getting, now you're ticking me off a bit. Now you're getting annoying with this. And then three, and it's like, just get it off. Get off. 
you know, any start change anything to change the channel and then two. Um and one. And one you should uh seek out the filmmakers and scold them. <laughs> okay. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh I wanted to get that out there. And uh, maybe we'll we'll talk about um, comics. I'll go into that a little bit before I go. Before I go, I might get Sir Michael Caine back to start reading chapters and acting in film because I think there it, it's a great book. Unfortunately, my copy got a little wet, but it's it's still re still readable. Uh, it's still uh, <laughs> I'm ticked off. It got wet, <laughs> but I think this would be fun to have him read it. Um, it's good. It's I recommend every actor that I or any of my friends that are pursuing acting, either on my films or not to read this book it's so awesome acting in film i love it good read uh i'm going to do this because i haven't read in a while a book from or a chapter from david polites missing 411 i'm going to leave you guys with a missing 411 story um Hopefully, I didn't read this in the, the last one I did. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see here. So some of these are just one-pagers. There's a lot. They're just, just like only a couple paragraphs. But I'll read one. This is from the Missing 411 Eastern United States. It says, uh, Merrill Newcombe, George Whedon. So both these guys went missing in 1959, October 29th. So it's fitting. That was just October, so that kind of ties in. I don't know if you can see that. You can't. Oh, there you go. You can see him a little bit older, older gentleman from the late fifties. Refer to the Whedon narrative for details of Mister uh, Newcombe. George Whedon and Merrill Newcombe were at a hunting lodge that was owned and operated by Mister Newcombe. Uh, they were hunting near the lodge when they failed to return from an outing on October 29th, 1959. They were never seen again. They were last seen between mile marker 106 and 107 of the CPR line. George Whedon was an individual that was never going to walk or hike long distances. In 1941, George had been seriously injured in a train accident in which he sustained a broken back and de uh, debilitating injuries to his right leg. George Whedon had a very difficult time walking any long distances. One of the largest uh, provincial, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, searches during the 1960s was conducted for these two men. There was a second search in the spring of 1960 after the snow melt occurred with searchers never finding one clue about what happened to the two men. And this is where it gets interesting. Case summary. The case of weed in a new combi is highly unusual, very frustrating, and doesn't make much sense. The men were at a remote hunting lodge owned by new combi. These were seasoned outdoorsmen who were not going to walk far from their vehicle. They were staying close to the, the truck because of Whedon's injuries. Both men were undoubtedly armed because they were hunting. The men would not have been attacked by a bear. Bears have been hibernating in late October. 
Both men were hunting in the Crown Game Preserve, known for its outstanding variety of birds and mammals. The, uh, the Ojibwe First, Nation 12, uh, First Nations tribe lives in the middle of this area and knows a variety of game that it offers. They have the freedom to hunt the area at times when others cannot. The weather in this area would have been very cold, snowy, and difficult to walk in. People n would never hike long distances at this time of year in the area. The law enforcement officials conducted an extensive search in the spring after the pair disappeared and after the snow had melted and still could not locate the men. It may be plausible for one man to disappear in this region. In late October, how two men disappear baffles my common sense approach to search and rescue. So there you go. Meryl Newcombe, George Whedon. Pretty strange. Pretty strange. I'm looking at for, looking forward to getting his uh, book on Mon in Montana or on Mon Montana, and um, always worth the price. You can go to his web website, Can Am Missing Project, I believe. Dot. I think it's a dot com, and uh, get it to the books off his website. Twenty four ninety five plus shipping. Don't go to Amazon. They're scamming people by charging a hundred bucks per book. Putting the word out there. When you're done with this book, review it because he's getting review bombed, probably from scammers, something like that. They're ex they're all worth the money and excellent, well researched books. Give them four stars. And with that, I will say long days and pleasant nights. This is uh, first October uh, pod here. I'm looking at getting four thousand downloads. That's my goal. Four thousand downloads. Um, for the year, by the end of the year, let's make it happen. I'm going to start putting in the work. Uh, looking at three in November, doing three pods in November. As always, my email is ScreamingEagles7 at gmail.com. Feel free to drop me an email about what topics you'd like to see covered, as long as it's in the entertainment business. Uh, it could be entertainment, paranormal, um, I, I stick to comic books, I stick to movies. Um, those are the big, heavy, heavy hitters. And, uh, but, uh, I'm going to wrap this one up again. I apologize for not having a Halloween special. I might make up for that with my, uh, Halloween in November. It's a lot. November is a big month for me. Uh, I got, I got my birthday. I got my brother's birthday. I got a lot going on. We got Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, it's just a lot happening in November. So I'm still going to put, even even if it's a late night pod, I'll put one out, a short one, five to ten minutes. But uh, I need to start putting out a little bit more, and I'll probably start recording on the phone a little bit more because of the microphone issues with HP and Yeti. So everyone have long days and pleasant nights.